0: which includes all the podcast video content and supplemental screen shares. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. With that being said, I'm your host, David, AKA Reverse Long, and this is the Friendly Bear Podcast. Let's dive in. All right, guys, this is David, AKA Reverse Long with the Friendly Bear Podcast. Today, I'm with Adam Gifford. we're, so he's here at the trade space next to me in the in the desk right behind us over here and uh, we, we have a lot of conversations during the day and we decided to um, I decided to pull up like a Google Doc and take some notes as we're talking sometimes if uh, if I remember to do it and what we talk about is really interesting throughout the day as things are happening in real time because you know trading is like just constantly it's like like a like a sport like you're constantly getting thrown in situations and it, You know, it's cool here because I have Adam next to me. We get to like, uh, you know, like ask opinions and, uh, you know, just talk about what's going on in the market as it's happening in real time. So I took a lot of notes and we decided to talk about some of the stuff that we um, spoke about recently. So, Adam, yeah. So let's start first. We had uh, this conversation about like chess, poker and stocks. So what do you think? Is chess, uh, chess or poker similar to trading? What, what do you think are the similarities?
1: But yeah, um, I think all, all three of those, um, you know, including like uh, other things like sports betting, uh, are, are, are similar because they're games of skill, and there's also um, some, you know, some luck involved with them. Um, now, I, I think trading is more similar to chess over poker because. With with chess, um, what you do is you you look at the the pieces on the board, you look at where everything is, and then you you make the best possible possible move based on that. And I think trading is very similar to that. You you have to look at all the different factors involved. You know you have to think about what what the what your opponents are, the people on the um, you know, opposite side of the trade, and you have to think about you know macro factors, um, this you know stock market sentiment. Um, and analyze the news, and you do all that to make your best decision on what to trade. Should you long? Should you short? Should you wait a little bit to make your decision? Whereas with poker, um, you you analyze the you know your cards with based on what you think your opponent has. But the difference there is like a card could come out of nowhere and totally change things and make you have a loss. And, or, or you know or when or win whatever but the, I think luck luck factor is much higher in poker compared to uh, compared to trading so that's why I think trading similar because you're making a decision based on imperfect information you don't have all the info when you're trading we in with poker you also don't have all the info so that's where it's kind of similar but I think um, the the luck factor is is uh, and you know, more more, a lot more prevalent in poker. It's more of a gamble compared to trading.
0: So yeah, like chess would be more like strategic and in poker would be more, there's an element of like, uh, randomness, right? Of luck. Cause you're, you're, the dealer has to deal you the certain, you know, you're, you're what you're dealt, right? You gotta mm-hmm. handle what you're dealt. Also, um, what about competition? With poker, you're dealing with competition. I know you used to play a lot. You used to play a lot of online poker. And back then it was a, a lot. The competition was, was weak. And then later, there was better competition. And, uh, you know, like, for example, I I don't play too much poker, but I know, like, in Vegas, you'll have, like, the amateurs and the drunks, like, going and, and, you know, like, they don't know what they're doing. So that kind of reminds me of, like, the stock market with the small caps. You'll have, like, you know, everybody trading this stuff, you know, like, with no training, no skill. They don't even know how to press the buttons on the app. They don't even know like what's what what the difference between the different exchanges are like what's an OTC what's a stock they don't even know what short selling is you know uh, so like what do you, what do you think Adam about the competition well that's that,
1: that's key as well um, you want to play against worse players than you
0: you want you, you
1: know it's like for example like you can if you're if you're someone if you're a college basketball player you know and you're and you're playing against people in the NBA, you're going to, you're going to, you have more of a chance of losing than if I were to play against some five-year-olds basketball, right? So even though, even though a college basketball player is much better than me, what, what, whether he, he wins or I win depends on what your competition is. So with, you know, with, with, with chess, the, you know, they match you online. If, if if you play on a site, then they match you with someone at your your similar skill level and you could win or lose equal chance at any given day. Now with, with poker, you want to play against worse players, and with trading, you're against a lot of worse players. Like, if you're an experienced trader and you know what how a stock is going to react to news, you know then, then you can you, you can usually take a. Sh- That's why I like shorting because you can short news like a lot of a lot of amateurs might bid up a stock way too high, and you know it's going to come down because the news isn't solid enough to keep the stock up there. And uh, and so you can just short and wait for the wait for the start to come back down, um, you know, and, and often just completely retrace all the gains because you, you knew that the news was not that big of a deal to cause it to go
0: up that much and, and stay up. Yeah, it's just amateurs pushing it up. Exactly. And going from that, okay. So what do you think about um, short sellers? You know, being being uh, beneficial towards the longs. You know, like when a short. Let's say in that scenario, the shorts shorts it, and then this has is forced to cover eventually, and that causes uh, the the price to bounce a little bit. What do you think about that? Does that benefit the longs? Yeah, d- definitely. I mean, it's a short seller definitely helps helps
1: longs um, in a position because um, a short seller ma- makes money off of uh, uh, just irrational exuberance in a stock. I mean, a, a short seller makes money off of. Just a stock being traded badly uh, up too much, but you also cause stability. You you create stability in the stock that could be unstable because you, when a stock's going up, if people are buying it, um, you're, you're shorting it gives them a better price. You know, um, you you know, you you short by itself might just save them a couple cents because you're you're suppressing the stock price, and then you know all the shorts together. You know, we'll suppress it even more. So, if somebody bought it at a high price, they're not—they're not gonna—they're not gonna, gonna get a little bit cheaper than if you—if did, you didn't short it. And then the same way it works when you cover. Um, let's say you—you're you, shorting it, and then it, it, the stock dumps, and then you cover. You're—you're you're allowing a long that, that lost his ass to cover at a lower price at a higher uh, to sell at a higher price because yeah. you're, you're buying when you're covering. And so they, they can get, you know,
0: a little bit better price that they can sell it for. Speaking about that, so I, I got a uh, – so this past week, FLGC hit all-time lows or some year lows. And I got some messages on Twitter. People, some guys asking me, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck in this thing from like this high price. And actually, I, I didn't I, – I, I haven't answered. But – um. In fact, if a short seller covers and it bounces, it allows this guy to exit for a little bit less of a loss. It actually, the, the short seller helps this guy out a little bit, right? yeah. like his position in, in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, so what do you think about, like, uh, the sheep running over the lions? You know, like, when you have, a, like, a herd of sheep, like, I sometimes as a short seller, I feel like... Um, I'm a, I'm a lion in the in the bottom of a hill and there's like these sheep, like a million sheep, just like walking down, slow down the hill, just like making sheep noises and then like you got to like watch out. They can actually run you over. They can kill you, you know? So, yeah. you know. <laughs> a thousand
1: sheep can kill one lion. <laughs> so it's like it, if the, um it's something, you know, like recent examples would be AMC and, you know, GameStop. I mean, those recent examples are just Sheep running over the lion because, um, you know, I, I know, I know the, the, with Melvin Capital, the, um, you know, Melvin, the guy that that runs, that runs that hedge fund. It's a multi-billion dollar hedge fund. I, I, I I had word that he told someone, he's like, GameStop is going to go bankrupt no matter what. He's like, I'm, I'm 100% sure GameStop is going bankrupt. And he was like heavily shorted in the single digits. That's an example of a lion that just got destroyed by a bunch of sheep. I mean, (laughs) pushing the stock up. Like, countless sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and especially, you know, if there's a low float stock, you know, a herd of thousands of sheep, you know, go, moving in tandem, pushing the stock <laughs> up, can run over a lion that knows the stock is not worth that, but he gets, he get run over and forced to cover his position. Yeah, 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 you know. Um. It, you know, just say one more thing with that, I mean, that, that's, that's a really terrible situation. It's like, if you... If you if you have bad timing as a short, um, you know you, you take too big of a position in your account, and let's say the stock goes up, uh, you know, three hundred percent from where you entered, you could you could blow up your account, and you could cover at the worst possible spot. You could you could be forced to cover at the most ideal spot to short. Where like if you didn't have a position and you got in at that time when you have to, when you're forced to cover because your account blew up. That could be the exact price that's the best that you should be shorting at but you're forced to cover that's what's that's what's so ironic about you know when you're short and then, you, and then your account pulls up
0: yeah it's a crazy man um yeah i always think about that like the line like uh, it's always like a visual when it's happening like when these low flow stocks are going crazy it's like you know this is company is garbage or whatever But I picture, like, the lion, like, he doesn't know where to go. He's just stuck in there, and the sheep are coming for him, you know? They're going to run him over. (laughs) What do you do? Um, So, okay, so, Adam, so you have, you used to work uh, on Wall Street in New York uh, and Martin Shkreli's firm. So we we talked about that. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting because I know when I first started, I watched, I had no idea what I was doing, but, like, I remember seeing KBIO go crazy, the stock KBIO. And uh, Martin Shkreli was the CEO of his fund, of that fund that purchased or bought KVIO. And then he was like going to go to jail and he bought like an album from Wu-Tang and was like on the YouTube, you can still see his YouTube videos with like all these uh, gang members with hoodies on like covering the face and like threatening the camera and all that. And, I, and when you mentioned you used to work for him, I was like, whoa, that, you used to work for Shkreli? That guy is a character. So what's your experiences with him? Well, man, just, um, just touching on that,
1: man, he, he got a bad sentence. He got seven years. I mean, you know, and he didn't lose his clients any money cause he put them in, into his, his biotech firm that he created after his hedge fund blew up, blew up. But man, I hope, you know, with the Theranos trials going on now, I hope, I hope they give Elizabeth Holmes a much higher, uh, you know, uh, sentence than then seven years. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm hoping on that. But, um, yeah, working for Skrilli. That was when I was getting my start on Wall Street. Um, this was about 2012. I had just moved to New York. I was working with some hedge funds, and I um, saw so he wrote some really good reports for Seeking Alpha, really detailed reports on biotechs. So and I'm like, wow, this guy knows his stuff. I'm going to try to work for him. And he, he's younger than me, so you know, he, he was like a really young guy. I think he was just in his late 20s, running that hedge fund. And um, he's just a super sharp guy, but he was a prick at the same time. Like, <laughs> Like he was telling me like, yeah, I'm, I, I was interning there, so he was like, yeah, you're the lowest man on the totem pole. And then one time, you told time, me that you mean, told you had straight up. You said, "You're the lowest <laughs> man on the totem pole." <laughs> yes, yeah, so I had to kiss everyone's ass, even though, yeah. <laughs> even though I didn't, which is probably a mistake. I should have kissed ass a little bit more, but I just um, didn't have the mindset to do that uh, in, in the corporate world. But uh, but then, you know, like one time he, uh, you know, he hijacked my desk because he was talking to this guy about a a deal and then he was just sitting at my desk and like i didn't know what to do i asked him like hey uh you know should i sit sit somewhere else or are you going to get up later and he's like something like i don't know go away and then, and then he told the guy who was talking to him, Oh man
0: i lost my train of thought from that so i didn't, i was like man where am i supposed to sit yeah so it must have been a big that like you lost him a lot of money by asking him that <laughs> But yeah. he forgot his train of thought so all right yeah. so um what about the... Okay, so a fun example. Let's talk about fun. Your recent uh, experience of fun The politician messaging you on Twitter or talking to you with Twitter about like the recent... So the, the Momo crowd, they tend... So now these days, people want to justify and talk about how good of a deal they, they got when they buy a stock like 800% up, 1,000% up or more. Rather than the, the traditional way... Or the, not the traditional, but the... the the logical way to do it is to buy the stock when it's quiet, when it's at all time lows or something, and then wait for an event to happen to sell into. So, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's just—it's really bizarre to me how people um, they buy
1: a stock after it's already gone on a big run. It's like that's not the time to be you're supposed to be buying. It was to buy before the run. And what's kind of, what's kind of funny—it just it amazes me how how little people know about business, how people don't understand stock. The stock market, you know, for example, with the fun example, um, PHUN, by the way, that's PHUN, yeah, 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 yeah. PHUN, um, they, it's called Funware, fun but um, they they make one of the one of their products is they do uh, uh camp online campaigns for politicians, and then I, I saw um, I saw this this libertarian, this woman that was gonna l- run for the Libertarian Party, um, uh, was talking on Twitter saying she bought this. You know, discussing the stock. You know, she engaged me in conversation because I was talking a lot of trash about the stock <laughs> and the company. And then, and then it was like she called me a cock block because I was, um, you know, talking a lot of trash. And then one day the stock fell like 40% in one day from like you know, $10 to $6. And then, and then I was like, I, I said, see, this is why I was talking trash about the stock. And then she's like, yeah, it's not going well. Maybe, hopefully they'll. They'll do better, you know. Maybe their business will do well. And I was just thinking, you know, this is this is so crazy. It's like, why weren't you doing this when the stock was at one dollar? But now you bought when it was at ten dollars. Now it's at six dollars. It's going to go back towards one dollar because the only reason why PHUN ran up was because they thought it had to do has something to do with Truth Social. That's Donald Trump's social media company, D W A C. And once it was exposed that it has nothing to do with Trump. Then it should go right back to where it was, you know, it, plus the cash that they raised. They they took advantage of the run up by raising all the cash. So it should go right back down to there. But it's like and I see this with other stocks too, like biotech, where like it runs up, then people are like, Wow, it's got a great it's got a great pipeline, like they're really gonna do some great stuff or like yeah, they've got they've got some great, you know, um, they have some great products that they're gonna put out. It's really awesome. But it's like, dude, this, the stock's up like, you know, 200%, why weren't you saying this stuff when the stock, it's, it's, it's the exact same story, nothing changed when the stock was trading at a third of where it is now. Why weren't you buying it back then, or why weren't you saying how great the products were back then when it was trading at a third of where it is now, you know, in, Yeah. in
0: buying it then. So I think also, like, um we talked about it too, like, you can't, to buy a stock, you, you gotta be like a, in a positive mindset, like sometimes I feel like to when people buy these stocks, they put like a hat with like a twirly on the top, and like you know just to be to convince themselves to be positive and like it's going well. Like to, you know, it's like but like positive being positive works in social situations, but it doesn't really work in the stock market. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that's um, you know an interesting
1: part of it. Yeah, people buy a stock when it goes up, and there's a lot of energy behind it. Then in positivity, then people buy it but now they don't they don't look at the neg- negativity and I've seen this because I've you know when I when I post on like Twitter or StockTwits people are like man you're such a negative person you know you must be a really depressed person or you know people must hate you and I'm like no, no that's not that's not the case it's like in my everyday life I'm positive with with people like in your, your everyday life you want to be positive when you're socializing with people you want to look at the best of people you don't want to just think about the worst of people or you, you don't want to think about the neg- negative side of people, that's not gonna you know, help you make friends. You know, or that's not gonna help you have like, you know, uh, good social experiences. But with stocks, it's different. You have to think of the positive and the negatives with stock. You have to think of both of them equally. Um, so, and, and so you, it, it lends itself to talking negative about stocks too. You wanna talk about the bad side of stocks when you're considering an investment, either long or short. But you know, obviously, you're not gonna you know talk about people like that. You're not gonna say, "Oh, that guy, you know, is, is such a prick." I mean, unless he you know really is, but that's not generally how you talk about other people. You don't talk about like
0: their their downsides. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, let's see. Oh okay, yeah, so like when a stock is undervalued. Okay, so why don't why don't people buy like when it's at all time lows? They want to. Why do people, why do they do that? Why do they want to buy it? Like when, when is it? Is it the crowd? Like when they see everybody jump in the stock, they want to like participate. And they get the FOMO. But then like when it when it crashes, like you know uh, now reality hits and they regret it. You know what I mean? It's like why aren't they buying it w- uh, a lot earlier? Well, yeah, we've seen that too. It's like
1: it's the, often when stocks do make their fifty-two week lows then that's when the, stock, the company puts out news and then it goes up through the roof. And that's when people are buying because that's when um, there's, some, there's actually action happening. That's when it's actually moving. And people think, well, maybe it'll move up, move up even more. But when the stock is just dead and nobody's trading it and it's just, it's just dead at lows, people are like, why would I buy this? Like, why would I buy this and I have to look at it every day? And, you know, when there's no, nothing happening with it, they, they, they don't want that boring stuff. You know they they want the they want the action and uh, they might not even know that that they, that's what they want but they they they're, they're compelled to do it anyway
0: because people don't understand business they don't understand the stocks and to start to wrap it up so so um I remember we, we were talking uh, during the market hours it was like some Twitter guy pumping a stock and we, you were saying oh man this is like a perversion of the market the sh- we need the short sellers to come in here and. and balance some stability we need a, like there needs to be some checks and balances here this is ridiculous stocks don't just go up for infinity and uh you know and then getting the insiders rich and because there's people are, there's going to be a lot of victims in its wake you know this is not just like all you know sunshine and rainbows when everything goes up you know it's like there's there's nefarious characters so the short sellers need to come in there and and uh create some balance some stability. So, what, what are your what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it's like what you're supposed to do. The, the way this the reason why the stock market was created was for someone to to um, analyze a company, you know, um, analyze their business and in, in, in potential businesses. You, you know, like if it's a drug, you analyze the you know what are the odds that it's going to get approved, and you analyze how much money they're going to make in the future, how much cash flow, and you discount and you have a you choose a discount rate based on the risk. And you just kind of back to today, and then if the stock is undervalued, based on your analysis, you buy the stock and you and you hold it until it reaches its fair value, and then you sell. That's the right way to do it. But now nobody even thinks about that. All they think about is like you know how high it's going to go, or how much pumping they can do with it, or you know squeezing the shorts and all that. And um, this perversion of of the stock market. Lends itself really well to shorting. So we're, we short sellers like myself, I make money off this perversion, off people not not doing the work. Like I said, they're just buying on the Momo on the, on the momentum because it's that's where the action is. They're just basically basically lottery ticket gamblers. And my shorting, um, like we said before, it allows them to get it allows people to get in at a lower price than if I didn't short. So that's one thing. It allows them to lose a little bit less because you're also buying when they're, when they're, when they're panicking and selling, you know, when, 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 they turn negative on the stock, that's what I'm covering. So I'm help I'm giving them a, a way to get out without, without,
0: you know, losing, losing their ass. I mean, uh, yeah. unknown, so I'm um, helping them out. Absolutely. Okay. So, and to, to wrap it up or last, last uh, topic over here. So you've done really well recently with trading and all that. And I've seen it firsthand, you know, during the day. So, like, we were, you were mentioning about, like, repetition and being comfortable in scary situations. Like, uh, so for just for trading, it could be long or short. Like, how do you, like, that an extra level of, of uh, experience, like, how much has that played into, like, your, your recent success or recent, you know, streak?
1: You know, I think it's experience is the most important thing with trading because you can, you, you see things happen over and over again. It doesn't matter how smart you are. You, if you're new at this, you can't really predict what's going to happen because you haven't seen enough situations. And also with, with you know, experience it comes repetition you become comfortable in scary situations. so you can still think clearly even the stock's going all over the place. you can still think clearly what's the right decision to do and then you can you know, adjust adjust your decision based on the flow of information or the way the, the price action is going. And uh, and because I've done I've done it so many times over the years every single day, I've I've um you know I'm, I'm hardened to it I'm more comfortable with it, and not only that I also see the same thing happen over and over again, so I can I can easier predict what's
0: what you know the, the outcome of it. Nice, yeah. So repetition, experience, and yeah, anticipating the outcome. Great stuff. Well, thanks, Adam, for for uh, doing the discussion here. Uh, on a Saturday. Well, thank you for listening to the Friendly Bear Podcast. Catch you guys later. That concludes today's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on the platform you use. The Friendly Bear Podcast is hosted by me, David, where you can find me on Twitter at reverse underscore long. You can find the Friendly Bear Podcast at www.thefriendlybearpodcast.com as well as on Apple Podcasts Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, and now on YouTube at Friendly Bear Research. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Friendly Bear Podcast.